It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 664 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. I have two great conversations lined up for you today. Joining me first will be Adam Witte. Adam is founder and chief executive officer at Advantage Media Group and Forbes Books. Following my talk with Adam is another in my series of weekly conversations with my partner in crime, Bridget Gleason. This week, Bridget and I are talking about the value of challenging the status quo. That's right, challenging the status quo in your life as well as in your business. So you have to stick around and learn about that. Today's show is brought to you in part by friends at Discover Org. The Discover Org platform is a game changer for sales and marketing professionals. The feature-rich sales intelligence platform is supported by more than 250 researchers who continually update contact data and provide account-specific insights to help sales and marketing teams break ahead of the pack. See the product live at discoverorg.com forward slash schedule hyphen demo. That's discoverorg forward slash schedule hyphen demo. Okay, joining me on the first segment on Accelerate this week is Adam Witte. As I said, Adam is founder and chief executive officer at Advantage Media Group, Forbes Books. And in our conversation, we dive into the importance of building up your authority, your brand, if you will. Now, Anybody that listens to the show knows I'm a huge believer that people do business with people, not with corporations. The fact is, no one else is going to toot your horn but yourself. You have to be the advocate for your own business. And Adam's going to take us through how you do that. I'm talking really specifically about this, what he calls the seven pillars of building your authority. All right, here we go. Adam Witte, welcome to the show. Andy, thanks so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to finally be able to talk with you. So you're joining me from Charleston. Beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. And it's it's pretty toasty today in New York City. How is it in Charleston? It's a little bit cooler, which makes no sense because you're going yeah. south, so you'd think it'd be warmer. Uh, it's probably about 80 degrees today and sunny in Charleston. Oh, well, yeah, we have no shortage of sun, but uh, it's... You know, we were thinking we were never going to have spring, and so it sort of went from <laughs> 40s to 90s, and I think we skipped spring altogether. Um, so You went from winter to summer. Oh, God. Yeah. It's the one, the one season. So I'm a transplant in New York and moved here about eight years ago when I got married and moved from California, from San Diego. And, and people always say, well... You must hate the winters. And it's like, well, no, actually, I grew up in Wisconsin. The winters are easy. I hate the summers. Right. <laughs> the summers. Right. The heat and humidity. No, that's, as a Californian, that, we don't do humidity. <laughs> that's not our thing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's, that's a big adjustment. That's when I escaped back to California is during the summer. So, um, so tell us a little bit about Advantage Media, because you guys have a pretty big portfolio of things that you do. And uh, yep. the topic we're going to talk about today is authority marketing. And this is... Yep. Something that's important for people, you know, if you have a small business, if you're an individual, you know, solopreneur, even I think, you know, individual salesperson, uh, building yep. your career, that authority marketing becomes important. So we're going to cover the, the topic as much as we can in the, the time we have, but uh, tell us a little bit what yep. you guys do. Yeah, so so first and foremost, probably the most important thing is is I am an entrepreneur, and you know I started my business by being a sales professional, 
And had I not been able to sell what our company did, I never would have been able to grow it, mm-hmm. you know, into the business mm-hmm. that it is today. So I resonate and really am a part of the tribe of, of all of your listeners. Uh, so, so I created Advantage Forbes Books, uh, which is our parent company. And when I started the business 12 years ago, the mission was to help entrepreneurs, uh, business owners, business leaders uh, create and publish a book and use that book as a marketing tool to grow their business. And so the concept was really, really simple. Uh, If you wanted to be the go-to guy or the go-to gal for whatever it is you and your business did, if you wrote the book on the topic, people would immediately see you as the expert. Mm -hmm. They would see you as the Mm -hmm. authority. They they might even see you as a mini celebrity on that topic. (laughs) And uh, I I like to tell my wife because... Yeah, I've got a, a reasonable following for the podcast and you know, publish some books and so on. But she sort of kids me time to time because I'll run into somebody who recognizes me somewhere. And I'll say, yeah. Yeah. And I'll say yes, I'm very famous in a very small pond. You know, big, in a, in big, a very big small fish bit. in a very small pond, yes. And, and so that's where the roots of the business started. And, you know, one thing leads to another, right? And, and everything just grows kind of brick by brick. And so probably five or six years ago, we were publishing, you know, 100 books a year. And a lot of our entrepreneur authors, uh, they all asked us the same thing. They said, okay, great. I've got this book. Now, what do I do with it? How do I, how do I make money with this book? And what we realized is that we were teaching them what to do, but you know they were so busy running their own business that they didn't really have time to do all the things that we taught them. So we started a marketing agency mm-hmm. uh, that was adjacent to our publishing business. It's called the Authority Institute. And we're going to talk on this podcast about the seven pillars that build authority. Right. And that, that's really what all of our authors wanted. I mean, you know, we like to say, say you can't spell authority without author, right? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the first six letters. It's the first six letters of authority. And uh, we wanted to help them parlay the authorship into authority. So we built out this marketing agency, and over the last few years, we, we've grown to our, our portfolio of businesses, as you alluded. And so today, Advantage uh, Forbes Books is really centered around being a business growth company for entrepreneurs and business owners. We exist to help our entrepreneurs grow, whether you're go- growing through a book, whether you're growing through authority marketing, whether you're growing through more uh, knowledge and better information to help you better market your business, scale up and grow your business. And so today our portfolio, aside from Advantage Forbes Books and the Authority Institute, uh, includes a PR and media company called News and Experts, uh, where we help business people get on TV, get on radio, and get interviewed in newspapers and magazines Mm -hmm. because... PR and media publicity is one of seven pillars of authority, right? right. When, you were, when you were in the news, people think that you're a big deal. Uh, and then we also have two businesses, uh, the Oxford Center for Entrepreneurs. And the Oxford Center really focuses on helping uh, entrepreneurs, you know, take a three to five million dollar business and scale it up to a 30 to 50 million dollar business and so we're talking about things like strategy and people and cash and cash management and capital expenditure to grow and all those kinds of things and then our our final business is uh, the no bs inner circle and 
some of your listeners have maybe heard of Dan Kennedy. Sure. Um, Dan, Dan Kennedy is a very well-known marketing and direct response marketing expert. And many years ago, Dan uh, created a business based on the No BS Marketing Letter, mm-hmm. uh, which is a monthly marketing newsletter for business owners. And uh, that's still the core of the business today. It's got thousands of monthly subscribers. And uh, just last month, uh, we uh, bought Dan Kennedy's uh, No BS Inner Circle. And uh, so we now run that business as well, which includes the newsletter. It includes coaching groups. It includes two big annual conferences each year, uh, the Super Conference and the uh, Info Summit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really allowed us to kind of build a holistic organization uh, where we are helping entrepreneurs grow their business. Okay. And uh, as an entrepreneur myself who's scaled up and grown a business, who's been reliant on other smart people to help me grow. Right. Uh, it's really a lot of fun to be in the business of helping entrepreneurs grow. Yeah. Well, likewise, I mean, that's, I work primarily small and mid-sized businesses as well. And yeah, way more fun than working with large enterprise. I, I can guarantee that. So, um, no question. yeah, it's interesting. So you've got Dan Kennedy in the fold because when I look at, uh, your businesses, what you do, how you could help a small business, it sort of calls to mind something I remember reading in one of his books, which was, you know, don't let others define who you are. Define yourself before somebody else does, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Always, always sort of remember that from from that book, and that's that's really what you're doing with authority marketing. Is you're saying, look, I'm putting a stake in the ground, and you don't need to have somebody else, you know, def- confer on you the title of, hey, I know more about this topic than anybody else. Is you can do this yourself. Claim the title. Yeah, so it's really interesting, Andy. Um, you make a great point that should not be underestimated. Um, most people, so this is an entrepreneur, this is most people. You know, when we were kids, we were taught not to be boastful. Yes. Right? Quit, quit being a show off, uh, be humble, uh, wait your turn, uh, pay your dues, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, right? And see, all of these things are in direct conflict with the competitive capitalistic environment that we are operating our businesses in. For right? better, for better, for worse. Be, for better, for worse. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, no, and that's that's a good point. But if if you're waiting on your competitors to confer you as an authority, uh, you're going to be waiting a long time, right? Uh, you're going to wait forever. And if you want to get to the top more quickly, then waiting your turn and paying your dues, it's agonizingly slow and long. And so the one thing that most people don't recognize, and, and it's really a secret, is that authority can be manufactured. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I mean by that is, look, you have to know your stuff. Yeah, you're going to get substitute. exposed, right? You're going to get exposed if you don't, right? That's right. So you've got to know your stuff. But you can strategically and systematically position yourself as an authority and an expert on your topic. And if you leverage that authority and expertise, you can catalyze that to grow your business. Mm-hmm. And, and it, can, it can literally make you a magnet for opportunity. So, so that's the big idea is that, that authority marketing today is a far superior way to market yourself and your business than, than traditional corporate brand marketing. Because people do business with people, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. People do business with people, not with corporations. 
And in the very personalized world that we live in, people want to latch on and reach out and touch a person, right? You know, some of the biggest companies in the world, even that we do business with, there was at one point a person that was the driving force behind it. You know, if you look at Disney, Walt Disney's fingerprints are still all over the company and he's been uh, dead for 50 years, right? Betty Crocker. Betty Betty Crocker. You look at Herb Kelleher and Southwest Mm -hmm. Airlines, right? Mm -hmm. You look at Howard Schultz and Starbucks and, and my God, you look at Steve Jobs and Apple, right? Sure. And so uh, I've always believed that at the end of it all, people would much rather buy a person than they would a company. And so if you focus on authority marketing, as opposed to just corporate marketing, uh, you can go a whole lot further. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I agree 100%. And it's again, it's something that you can do yourself instead of you know having an industry recognizer or whatever. And but to your point is, you know, the, the flip side, the caveat is that you, you have to deliver when you have to deliver. That's right. So That's may, right. You, you've got to know your stuff. Right. So it may be a very short term as an authority if you're, say, you can claim you can do something, claim you have expertise, and you can't deliver for your customers. So it, That's to, right. to me, and you, you, know, you brought up the whole thing about we are raised to be humble. It's, it's really true. But there's actually been, maybe you've heard of this, is there's been research done uh, it's about 15 years old at this point, but it's still referred to uh, quite a bit. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And basically mm. said is that uh, as more experienced you become in a field, is actually you almost become more, I don't say humble, but more reticent to talk about how good you are because you are more aware of the fact that, that you have so much more to learn. And right. where today with the internet where it's so easy to get a megaphone and you don't know anything – is the opposite end of that is that people who don't know much are less concerned or are less concerned about the fact they don't know so much because they've had some success and they think they know everything there is to know. And uh, so it's it's funny how, yeah, experts, yeah, people need to be prodded uh, to listen, be boastful about well, what and, they know. And, and, and let's be very clear. I, I'm not coming on to your podcast uh, making a plea to entrepreneurs to be arrogant. Uh, no, I'm simply, I'm simply stating the fact that look, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody else is going to toot it for you. And in the world that we live, it's a very competitive marketplace that your business is in. If Absolutely. you want to scale up, if you want to grow your business, you've got to be the advocate of that business. You can't count on somebody else to do it. And positioning yourself as an authority in a strategic and systematic way is a very effective way uh, to, to grow your business. Yeah. Well, let's go through the seven pillars of authority marketing. Uh, we'll just go through yeah. content marketing, branding, PR and media, speaking, lead generation, referral marketing, and events. And I, those aren't, are those in an order of, of priority? I didn't think they were based on, no. on reading what you've written about them. But so if you were to take those, where would you start? Okay. So, so, so let's actually work backwards, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you want to grow your business, uh, what do you need, right? So there's one of two things that you need to grow a business. One is you need more customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is you need the customers you have doing more business with you, right? So mm-hmm. if a customer is worth $5,000 a year to your business, 
if every customer is now worth $10,000 a year to your business, you just double the size of your business without increasing the number of customers your business serves. Right. So to me, I would say you have two goals as an entrepreneur. One is you want to increase the flow of new customers into your business. And number two, at the exact same time, you want to increase the value of a customer to your business by offering them more products and services that they value. And if you can increase customer flow and simultaneously increase the value of a customer, then you really have a growth machine right. at, at, at your fingertips. So, so those are the two objectives of an entrepreneur that wants to grow. And the way that you grow, at least in getting new customers, is you've got to generate more leads, uh, either cold or you've got to generate more leads from uh, customers. So let's take lead generation and referral marketing as two of the outcomes. Now, mm -hmm. remember, these are, the these are two of the right. seven pillars of right. authority marketing. But, but these are really the two outcomes that we want authority to enhance for us. Right. Okay, Because the argument that I'm going to make is when you have authority status, the quantity and quality of leads you generate will be higher in both cases. Mm -hmm. And secondly, when you have authority status, the quantity and quality of referrals that right. you're getting right. from your existing customers are going to be higher. Right. Okay. So, so those are the outcomes. Now, let's talk about the first five, because the first five help you strategically and systematically build authority. Okay. And th these five, by the way, as you just mentioned, Andy, they're in no particular order. And the other really important thing to mention is you don't have to do all of them. Okay? No, one of the, you may not have the capabilities of, to do all of them. That you might not have the capability right. to do all of them. Uh, and, and one of the, one of the pillars is speaking and you went to, well, I don't want to speak. I'm not a speaker. Okay. Well, that's fine. You know, you don't have to do that. Uh, but, but let, let, let's start with, um, content marketing. Okay. So what is content marketing? Well, it is publishing, it's creating and publishing information, i.e. content that is valuable to your target customer or customer, you know, what we'll call your customer avatar. So the ideal person or the ideal business that you want doing business with your company. So what kind of forms does content marketing take? Well, content marketing could be a special report. Mm -hmm. Content marketing could be a blog. It could be a podcast. It could be a webinar. It could be a physical book. Uh, it could be a magazine and, and so on down the line. Right. The neat, the neat thing about content marketing is there's so many different forms of content marketing that which, whichever forms you're most comfortable with as the content creator, you should gravitate towards those quickly. You know, Andy, as you and I were getting on the podcast, you were sharing with me like, this is number, you know, six bajillion and <laughs> 980 million, you know. Of podcasts, yeah. Yeah. So this is something that you're really good at. This is something that you really enjoy, right? And clearly, this is something that you've developed a legion of followers for. So 
you should make podcasting one of the core centerpieces of your content marketing strategy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, as you said, you've authored books and so on down the line. So when you create content that people value and consume, you are seen as an authority in their minds. Right. Because if you weren't, they wouldn't consume your content. They would think that there's somebody smarter that they could go to to get that information. So, so content marketing helps drive authority. Uh, the next pillar is PR and media. Well, and the, the key uh, thing lo- about content marketing for people thinking about this is because you're right. I mean, there are lots of different avenues for it, but the commitment, and the consistency are so important because mm. you know one blog doesn't make a content marketing strategy. A uh, hundred do, two hundred even better. Uh, you know, whatever That's you right. do, you have to commit to doing it. Any actually, any of these strategies you talk about is the seven pillars have to be committed to. And you can't get distracted because this is so hard in a small business, you know, all hands on deck, lots of people doing lots of different things. You think you're capacity constrained, but you know, there are ways to execute blogs that you, know, you can rely on outside resources if you have to go to it and so on, but you got to be consistent. Well, and, and you make such a great point. And the point is that in this podcast, you know, we're talking about dozens of marketing tactics. You know, you could write a book, you could do a podcast, you could pursue a PR and media campaign. I want you at the end of this podcast to the, to the viewers to commit to one thing and, and just do that one thing consistently mm-hmm. and successfully before you move on to number two. Right. Because so many people, you know, they'll do 10 things at once because they get excited. And as entrepreneurs, we can be very bright, shiny object oriented. It's, and then it's partly why they are an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then a month later, the 10 things we were doing, we're now doing zero of, <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. So, so, so let's pick that one. Um, PR and media. Um, if, w- when I speak at live events, Andy, I always ask people in the room, I say, how many people in the room are getting so much free publicity that like literally they just can't stand it? They need to go on a vacation just to get away from the paparazzi that is sh- uh, chasing them down. And, you know, I always have a little bit of fun with it. Sure. And I'll, I'll just go silent for a minute. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, look around and I'll say, oh, shocking. Not a single person raised their hand. And what I tell them is I say, listen, everybody in here wants free publicity. All of us. And what you've got to realize is the media don't care about you and your business. They care about creating stories that are of interest to their readers, listeners, and viewers. And if you can make your business or you yourself fit into a story that you're, that, that the viewers of that media outlet mm-hmm. care about, you're going to get publicity. But if you're just trying to promote yourself and your business, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And so when it comes to creating authority, if you can successfully get media, which, by the way, media traditionally has been radio, television, right. newspapers, and magazines. Now, here's the really neat thing. Your podcast is media mm-hmm. because you have thousands of viewers. In fact, you have more viewers than probably a lot of radio and TV stations. don't know about that, but yeah, we've got a bunch, yeah. You've got a bunch, and you've got a bunch of really high quality that viewers, absolutely right. 
so so media is all about getting yourself on TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, blogs, podcasts, etc. And people believe what others say about you more than they believe what you say about yourself. And so when you're featured in media, it creates this aura of authority. It creates this aura of credibility and it creates this aura of expertise. Because if you weren't the expert on the topic, why in the world would they have interviewed you on TV? Right. They, they, they wouldn't have. And so a lot of really savvy entrepreneurs, when they invest in a PR and media strategy, realizing that it's not about them, it's about creating stories that the media want. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when they get all that media coverage and they put all those logos on their website or they right. put all those logos in their marketing collateral, people immediately say, wow, you know what you're talking about. Oh man, you've been in the Wall Street Journal. You know, you, you've been interviewed on NBC. Whoa. Right. Okay. It, it's, it's the emotional illogical reaction that consumers have. And what we always have to remember, we can never forget this. People buy on perception. And emotion, right. And emotion. They, they will later justify with logic. Yep. If you're lucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, people I, buy on per, perception yep. and emotion. Yep. And so creating authority is all about crafting the perception that you are the go-to guy, the go-to gal, you are the subject matter expert on this topic, and they would be crazy to look anywhere else other than you. Right. Right? So um, let's talk about uh, speaking, right? Um, Single-handedly, there's probably few better ways to build a business than by speaking. Uh, if, If you love speaking, all the better. Uh, if you despise speaking, not so good. But when you're on a stage, and if you can credibly deliver great content, and you're speaking to the right audience, I can assure you, no matter what it is your company does, when you get off stage, there will be a line of people in the back yep. of the room that want to talk to you. Yeah, and I think if you're a local, and, a local business, and this is the thing that you know, entrepreneurs oftentimes don't think about is in their area, there are free opportunities. There's Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions Club, Chamber of Commerce, all these things that exist. And you're not looking to get paid to speak because you're looking for opportunities to be in front of an audience. And there are lots of free free opportunities. Well, that's right. And as the audience that you get in front of becomes better and better, and and again, what defines a better audience? Is it your target customer that's sitting in that audience, mm-hmm. right? As an audience gets better and better, I could argue that, that heck, you should pay them to speak, right? <laughs> Don't worry about getting paid to speak. Um, you know, l- let me use myself as an example. Sure. Uh, if I had the opportunity to speak to 500 entrepreneurs and CEOs, I would gladly book a ticket right now and fly to wherever that conference was. No, absolutely. If you said, Adam, we want you to go speak to 500 second grade teachers, I would say I would be happy to, what is my speaking fee? Mm-hmm. Because the second grade teachers aren't my customer, right? but the entrepreneurs and CEOs are. So when it comes to speaking, what's really important to note is that if you speak, and, and as you pointed out, 
speak locally. You don't have to speak nationally. Speak locally within your community. It strategically and systematically builds builds authority. Yeah, build, um, your, build your business from your office out. I mean, that's always a, a smart strategy for entrepreneurs. That's right. There's two more pillars we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about branding and omnipresence. And we're going to talk about um, events. Okay. And then those five pillars drive to those last two, which are lead generation and referral marketing. So branding and omnipresence. Uh, simply defined, it is looking and feeling like you're everywhere, right? Um, so there's a couple things. One is all of your online platforms have to look really, really good. Mm-hmm. They've got to be authentic. They've got to be credible. They've got to be viable. Second thing is how do you appear in multiple places at once? That, that's what omnipresence is, right? So it all goes back to media, right? Mm-hmm. If you've written a book, mm-hmm. there, there may be thousands of copies of your book that are sitting on people's bookshelves or on people's coffee tables, right? Uh, there, there is somebody riding around on an airplane right now that hopefully is reading your book, right? The cool thing is you don't have to be sitting next to them on the plane to be having a conversation with them, right? That creates omnipresence. Uh, Media, right? So the really super cool thing about this podcast is you and I are having a conversation that thousands of people are going to benefit from. Right. We don't have to have thousands of conversations with people. We just had one, but it was so good that it got distributed and shared with so many people. So that creates omnipresence, right? Oh my God, Andy, I feel like I've seen your name. I've heard your name in all kinds of places. Well, you, you probably have. Mm-hmm. You've probably read my book. You've probably seen my podcast. Maybe you saw me speak at this conference last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I sat in a meeting a couple months ago where someone piped up from the back of the room. I'd never met anybody in this room. Are you Andy Paul? It's like they'd recognize my voice off the podcast. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's omnipresence yep. Yep. and, and, and building a authority brand that creates omnipresence. Uh, well, you know, one other really cool strategy, and it's so simple to create omnipresence, especially online is, is retargeting. Mm-hmm. So we, we teach all of our authors how to retarget. So when you visit an author's website with retargeting, you know, there's ads that follow, follow you your, wherever yes. you go online. <laughs> and, and the truth is we as marketers know how it works, but 99% of people are like, oh my God, you know, every, everywhere I go, I see an ad for your, yeah. you or your company. That's right. It's Facebook selling my information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about events. Um, well, let's, let's talk about it real quickly because unfortunately we got to wrap up here in a couple minutes. Yep. So go ahead. Let's uh, talk. Okay. So, so really quickly, events. Events are creating dynamic in-person or virtual uh, places where people come together. And they come together to see, hear, and learn from you. Right. When you build enough authority, you can put on a conference, you can put on mm-hmm. an event, you can put on a seminar or a boot camp where literally people will travel from all over the world. Uh, two weeks ago, we were in Orlando for the No BS Inner Circle Super Conference. Right. Dan, right. Dan Kennedy, of course, is the namesake behind that company. And we had members that had traveled from Israel, from Australia from Slovenia, mm-hmm. from Moscow, mm-hmm. from Lima, Peru. 
that are all coming up to introduce themselves to me. You have to have authority when you get somebody to get on a 17-hour flight to go from Sydney to Los Angeles to Orlando to come and see you speak. And if somebody makes a 17-hour trek to come see you, you can bet that if you sell something or offer something, there's a high probability that they might buy it, right? Yeah. Well, and, so, it, it, all, and it all starts, going back to the beginning, it all starts with defining who you are, proclaiming who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's right. yeah, you don't need anybody's approval <laughs> to do it. You don't have to worry about what anybody else says or thinks, because first of all, no one's going to say or think anything anyway. Uh, adverse, you are who you want to be. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I love it. Well, we're going to have to have you come back on and we'll go into this in more depth because this is really a fascinating topic, at least for me and I think for the people in the audience. Is that is, this is the core topic, is that, and you brought it up. This is what I've been preaching for years is that in today's world, it's not so much what you're selling, it's how you sell it, how you're presenting yourself that really differentiates you. You talk the power of perception. Actually, I have chapters about that in my, my second book. Because perception is, you know, perception is reality. But think about perceptions is when people form them, the science is very clear. People don't change their minds. Once you've formed perception, perception is extremely sticky. Even when people are presented with evidence to the contrary, uh, they don't change their minds. So it's very hard to change people's minds, but they've got that perception set up. So, yeah, those things all become hugely, hugely important. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have you back on and, and delve into this in more detail. So sorry, we're sort of limited here today. But um, so tell folks how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what you do. Yeah, so uh, you can find me directly online. Uh, very simple, adamwitty.com. Uh, and my last name is spelled W-I-T-T-Y, adamwitty.com. And uh, online, you can find us at advantagefamily.com. And that website can take you to our portfolio of businesses. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. So I would just invite and encourage uh, all of the listeners and viewers today, you know, please reach out. And I'd love to continue the conversation. Uh, Authority is something that I'm very passionate about, as you can probably tell. And, 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 you know, one last thing I want to say, because it's so important, because so many of your viewers I know are in professional sales is consumers want to commoditize you, right? Um, It makes our buying decision easier because if you're a commodity, well, it's pretty easy. We're going to buy a commodity based on price. And so if you truly want to be in a category of one and you don't want to be commoditized, you have no choice. You have to build authority and expert status to become a category of one so you cannot be commoditized by consumers. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. 100%. And to your point, it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or individual sales professional, the same lesson holds. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. All right, Adam, pleasure. And uh, like I said, we'll have you back on shortly. Thank you, Andy. Great right. to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Adam. Again, that was Adam Witte, founder and chief executive officer at Advantage Media Group Forbes Books. Joining me next, as always at this time, is my friend, who we all know as Captain Fantastic, Bridget Gleason, vice president of sales at Logs.io. Now today, Bridget and I are going to talk about the value of challenging the status quo in your business and your life. 
and how the pursuit of excellence is really important in everything you do, how it all interrelates. All right, let's jump into that. Bridget, how are you doing today? Andy, Andy, Andy. So how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I haven't asked you for a while, but you're... Are you fantastic? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I am. So, I what haven't you asked me? I don't, I don't know. I've been falling down on the job, but, but, um, no, what haven't you oh, asked? That you're whether you're fantastic or not. Oh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, crazy, fantastic in a startup, my hair's on fire kind of way. Yeah. But fantastic. Yeah. And, and I, I was gonna say that. <laughs> so, one thing that, that, uh, my wife and I did that been sort of interesting is and I'd be interested to hear maybe you've done this too is so we did this thing called the whole 30 eating plan oh boy that makes me crabby just thinking about it did you do it no you've told me about it actually it makes me... actually it was it was um well so far fairly transformative I, I'm always sort of skeptical. really yeah I'm always sort of skeptical of those things because well I am a skeptic about a lot of things. So it's it's um yeah, you know, we reached a stage in our life where we're both very active people. Um yeah, you know, we do a lot of physical activity, try to stay fit, but you know, sort of dissatisfied with you know, encroaching age and the impact it has on like body shape and and just but also just felt like you know, we'd sort of hit a rut in terms of of uh, Making the progress we want to make, you know, we that's how we active bicyclists. You know, at least my wife and I, and I, I run and swim and do those things. She swims as well, and and you know, various niggling physical things. And we thought, well, she thought, <laughs> I think more doing it for me, perhaps. So it's like, well, let's try this. You know, we, you know, this is an eating plan where you just sort of eliminate sources of inflammation and other things in your diet. And I have a you know, sweet tooth, and so sugar is one of the things you eliminate during the this reset period of thirty days, where you alcohol, sugar, dairy, legumes, and various other things. And yeah, it was really interesting. You know, I got through it. It was a little hard combining that with the intense exercise I do because you know, went on this sixty mile bike ride and. There's nothing there because um, <laughs> mm. the body was transitioning from learning to feed off the sugars to feed off my fat, um, of which <laughs> it should have had ample stores to to help me in that. To really, I know, I know, it should have, but yeah, um, your yeah. I mean, not that I'm fat, but you know, and, it, it, not at all. And um, but it's interesting how it's it's yeah you because know, we oftentimes talk about habits on the show is is you have know, come through this period we're now. You know, well past thirty day period, and it's it has transformed just how I look at you know what I put into my body, and and in ways that sort of surprising. You know, as my son was sort of giving me a hard time as I was, who son works with me, and as as standing up eating lunch before starting these interviews, is is uh, yeah. I was sitting there eating a raw cucumber, you know, whole raw cucumber, baby, you know, Persian cucumber as part of my lunch, you know, as well as with other fruits and vegetables and some meats. I'm glad, I'm glad that wasn't it. Yeah, okay. but he just sort of looked at me like, 
Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, where are the where's the potato chips? Where's the whatever? And so yeah, so it's been yeah, I feel great. Knock on wood, and uh, you know, just had my annual physical, and all the numbers are great, and it's just like, wow, you know, one of these things I actually did that that uh, has become a habit, and that trend, look, yeah, it changes the way you look at the world, which is. Then you know, I talk about learning all the time about you know changing perspectives and adding perspective, and this was, you know, it's not sales related, but on a personal level, it's you know, really interesting how it works. I think it's and did your wife stick it with it? Also? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, she's somewhat unusual. Eating cucumbers also. <laughs> well, yeah, but interesting. Yeah, you know, she always has eaten. Not that I eat a bad diet, but she you know, has always eaten way more healthy than I have, and and sort of frustrated that she wasn't able to lose some weight or yeah, you know, change her body shape in certain ways, and and. Um, Interesting, because oftentimes you go through this program and you know the men have success and the women don't, and and yeah, no, she she crushed it, <laughs> and uh, and that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really it's worked for her as well. So, but again, it just changes. Like I said changes your your perspective on your relationship with with food, and uh, yeah, sort of. Like I said feeling good and and somewhat stunned that that. Uh, the mental transformation has happened is even more so than the physical transformation. I'm I'm going to wait to he, like hear it in the course of our conversation to see kind of what what comes <laughs> out with this mental transformation. Well, I'm not are saying you feel, are you sharper? I'm not saying you were dull. Okay, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way. Am I sharper? Just, are you, you know, sharper? I yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not as tired during the day for sure. I mean, I certainly I think there were you know part of what I was eating would cause me to, you know, fade out in the afternoon and so on, and yeah, much less of that. That that's about that part's been noticeable. Um, yeah, and plus we're making a better, a bigger effort to get more sleep. And uh, that's a good one. Yeah, and this this sort of obviously that helps with alertness as well. And we we've sort of been up and down a little bit on that, depending on workload and things we've got going on at uh, both in her career and mine, but. Um, but Jeff, it's yeah, it's I I recommend it to people. I recommend people check it out if they've you know wanted to not just lose a few pounds to fit into a dress, but you know fundamentally change the relationship with with food and and because you know you don't really deprive yourself of anything when you're doing this program. I mean, it's you're still eating meats and vegetables and fish and so on, but just cutting out some things that didn't. Then you can always add them back in afterwards when you see uh, sort of test what their their impact is. But yeah, here we are, the health and fitness show. The health and fitness show. It's really I know people are going to wonder. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought this was a sales podcast. They're going to be very very confused. None. No. I mean, hey, we live a life. Right? In addition to our career, we have lives, and and we do. Does Sometimes and, we try to. We try to. We right? try to. Yeah. Okay. Not always very successfully. Yeah, but we try. yeah, I'm very familiar with that. But um, so yeah, so that that's good, and and it's sort of reached a point now too when I go out and do like a hard run or hard hard bicycle ride. Um, actually, you know, my body knows how to react to it now, and yeah, I don't necessarily have an, an empty tank. Um, that's amazing. I'm going to check it out. 
yeah, I recommend people check it out. And and it's an easy book to read, and it's not really meant to be a weight loss diet. It's really about you know a healthier you. And so because you know, a lot of people joint pains, you know, <laughs> you know muscle aches. You know, people are plagued by random pain and all these other things that very possibly possibly come from what we put in our bodies. And so it's sort okay, of a way tell of, me the name of the book again. All 30. There we go. Okay. Great. Yeah, the cookbooks and so on. So, huh. Yeah, well, let's see. What else? Uh, you asked how I'm doing. So That's a good answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. So, yeah, and it's it's funny. It's a part of the other part of it, too. And, you know, you and I both run a lot. And, you know, I've got some half marathons coming up this year. And, and uh, we had just finished, my wife and I just finished this uh, six-day bicycle camp a month or so ago. And, and yeah, as you get older, even though you're fit, and I said your body shape changes. And, and uh, yeah, I sort of looked at myself in the mirror and thought, God, for all this athletic exercise I'm doing, I don't really feel or don't look <laughs> as athletic as I'd like to. Uh, and especially when you ride bikes, you know, people always, because we were climbing some 5,000-foot peaks and things like that, and it's like, People always joke when they're riding serious cyclists, but uh, get a lighter frame, a lighter bicycle, help me get up the hill. And then you look at the mirror and say, well, I could save that $10,000 for that lighter bike and just lose 10 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. That would be a lot cheaper. There, That's right. There's that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, (laughs) now we've got off completely off track. No, but that's, you know, that's the answer to how are you. Okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah. No complaints, right? I mean, yeah, complaints, but I mean, no, no real complaints. But no real complaints. Yeah. So, and you? You know, the, the last, if we're talking about eating habits, I don't call them diets. Right. I did one that somebody in our office did um, called the 16-8 and it's where you you eat for only eight hours during the day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. From like and from like you, nine nine to five or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, you pick whatever, and, and you fast for the rest. And it's got the same sort of concept uh, that you give your body chance to be doing the things it should be doing, other than digesting your food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been doing that. I tend to eat pretty. Like I I don't eat. I mean, I do, it kind of ebbs and flows, but I don't eat a lot of sugar. I try not to eat a lot of grain. I'm not a big drinker. Um, so I feel like for the most part, I'm a fairly healthy eater. Um, <clears throat> but I found this, I, I found this to be uh, helpful. I, feel, I also feel better. Mm-hmm. And they say this is another one, I think sounds like similar to yours, that it's a way to, it's not even that you're eating less. I mean, you, you should always eat healthy. It's not even that you're eating less, but it's um, how do you get, how do you change like your gut chemistry and right. some of those other things if you're trying to change a body shape? People are really going to wonder, Andy, are, are we talking sales or is this like a old person body? <sighs> well, no. It's, uh, this body is, program. Well, I think that, I, well, I think one of the issues is that this is something that, that, Younger people should be doing, and oh, definitely, yeah. And it's so my son has started it. You know, he's thirty, cool. and he works with me, and and 
And, you know, males, as they go through the late 20s, you know, if they stay somewhat active, you know, it's a time when they start putting on weight. And, yeah, he was an elite athlete in, in high school and college. And, uh, yeah, doesn't like what he sees when he looks in the mirror. So, yeah, if that's a spur to, to trying something different, that's that's fine. But I think that's it's that recognition. You and I talk about this in conjunction with sales is that, Having the awareness to say, okay, yeah, I'm not 100% satisfied with with performance or the way I am in one dimension or another. It's having the initiative to go take steps to change it. Awesome. So, yeah, I think it's you know for young people as well, and it's it's okay. We can talk about personal stuff. I mean, people have been with us for. Uh, 135 episodes now. They it, it, right. If if they've been able to, if they've st- stood at this long, then yeah, they're that's fine. I'm with you. Yeah. So they want to know a little bit about the voices behind the the microphone. So yeah, we're struggling with. I wouldn't say struggling with age is not the issue at all. It's it's for me. It's it's like everything is. I'm still trying to get better. You know, it's it's it's. it's it's that you know competitive part of me that my wife hates when we're out bike riding. When someone passes me, my first instinct is, "Well, that's not going to stand," <laughs> and uh, and to go after them. And I, you know, restrain myself when I'm with her. But if I'm by myself, I'll take off. Um, well, I think I, I think also something we've talked about in the past is. You know, just always striving to be excellent in whatever it is we're doing, whether it's personal, professional. I think that theme, that's just, the, that's, that's just sort of a personal mm-hmm. theme. And also curiosity, curiosity about how might my body operate better and mm-hmm. what are ways that I might, things that I've thought about with regards to health that I haven't thought about before. So um, those are all things that I think about too. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Speaking of which is, I was going to tell you about this book I'm reading that that's really interesting. And again, it has absolutely nothing to do with sales. Okay. This whole episode may be, have nothing to do with sales. And okay. that's, and that's fine. And if you're at all interested about the human race and where we came from and how it all got started. This is a field of science that's just exploding. You know, everything that we thought we knew about evolution of humans and the the dispersal of, you know, the the modern humans versus what they call archaic humans out of out of Africa and the split between, you know, modern humans and Neanderthals and Denisovans and other what they call our archaic human lines has been obsoleted over the last five to ten years because of the way they've been able to map the genome and be able to extract uh, genomes from you know fossils that are four hundred thousand years old. And so there's a book called "Who We Are and How We Got Here" by a guy named David mm. R- David Reich, who's one of the foremost, mm. if not the foremost, scientists in this whole field. And I th- believe he's from Harvard. And he's got a, a big genomics lab there. And they're just they're rewriting the history of, of what you and I certainly were educated about, and actually in terms of what even what people were educated about ten years ago, in terms of yeah you know, how the how the sort of the 
I'm gonna call it the human tree because I don't think they really buy into that that metaphor. But how modern humans evolved, or not evolved, maybe the wrong word, but how they moved from you know one place in Africa, which was everybody sort of agrees was the birthplace, to populate the world, and that was happening earlier than we anticipated and thought based wow. on, based on the records substantially earlier and the all this various intermixing and ebb and flow and I'm only you know quarter of the way through the book and it's like you know it's my nighttime reading so it's it's just a fascinating story and I think it sounds great yeah if people really want to have a a you know real challenge is is you know look at this and it's like okay this is what I was. I was brought up on one hand, learning something in school, even in college, and just just based on the the pace of technological change over the last five ten years in terms of the ability to to map the genome and do it at scale and do it quickly. They're just uncovering our world in a way that that we never knew existed. And to me, that's that's fascinating. That is really great. That's amazing. That sounds very interesting. I, another, listen, if, if nothing else, I get good book recommendations here. <laughs> well, hopefully you get something else. I, of course I do, but right. that's If really nothing else, book recommendations. And then if you want one that's more sales-oriented, is uh, and it, it's business-oriented, but it applies to sales specifically, too, if, uh, parts of it, too. A uh, great book by a guy named Daniel Burris mm. called The Ant. Participatory organization. Hmm. The subtitle is Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage. And it's a great framework about how to think about and anticipate the future. And as he said, to turn disruption and into an opportunity. And he's got some great stuff in there, uh, including some stuff that really, he didn't really directly apply it to sales. Well, I guess he did a little bit, but when you think about it, it and we'll have to deal with it on the next time we talk, is um, about how people are in certain, what he called sort of time zone mindsets. And, hmm. I, and I've written about this in my newsletter for people that subscribe to it. And and it's really an interesting framework and construct to think about when you're dealing with other people in terms of your prospects and their relationship to change may be different than yours. And in that mismatch, if they're more of a, present type mindset, meaning that, you know, hey, they understand the change is coming, but they tend to look at change as a disruption rather than something they welcome. And you're hmm. you're a person with a future mindset that, you know, hey, you can't wait to have change happen and seize those opportunities. If you're presenting that to them as a real opportunity and they're looking at a sort of a inconvenience, well then that's that's, yeah, you don't really have the empathy and the EQ you need at that point to really align with them. So it was, and I think on the next episode we'll we'll get into that in detail. But it's it's um, yeah, fascinating book for people to pick up and read. So two recommendations, two great actually, recommendations actually today. Three recommendations, whole thirty. If you're interested in that, I'm picking that one up. And then yeah, the anticipatory organ, anticipatory organization. I say that ten times real fast. And then who we are and how we got here by David Reich, a science book. Well, and we've talked many times about the importance of education and, and learning as opposed to just training. And I think here we are. This session was dedicated to it. Yeah. Well, we may rename this segment something having to do with education. 
I'm for it. Okay. All right. Well, hey, we're out of time, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. As always, it's been a pleasure. Bridget, it's been a gas. <laughs> They've never said that before. I like it. That's like an old <laughs> term. It's been a gas. It is. That's our that's, talk about that's, archaic terminology. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. We will talk to you next week. All right. Until then. Okay, friends, that was Accelerate for this week. First of all, I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to thank my guests, Adam Witte and my friend Bridget Gleason. Join me again next week as I welcome Patrick Purvis, Chief Revenue Officer of Discover Org, to the show. And of course, no Accelerate would be complete without me swapping stories with Bridget. As always, she'll be joining me for our weekly conversation. Be sure to join me then. Thanks again to our sponsor, Discover Org, for their ongoing support of Accelerate. And thank you again for joining me. Until next week, good selling, everyone.